right. Live from Scottsdale, it's Sunday morning. I always wanted to say that. All right. Good morning. Morning. Welcome, uh, everybody here, everybody gathering online uh, around God's Word with God's people. Uh, what a great blessing it is. Great, great blessing. You know, we're doing a series during the Epiphany season called Vanishing Virtues. Vanishing Virtues. We're talking about five or six virtues, integrity, uh, gratitude, patience. Last week, we talked about honor. Honor. I thought it was very foundational uh, kind of for, for the whole series. So if you didn't get to see it, I encourage you to just go to our YouTube channel and check it out, whatever it was, 20-something minutes. Uh, and one thing I like about YouTube, I'll tell you a little secret about this. This is how I watch all my podcasts and stuff now, is uh, you speed the, the time up, like 1.5, 1.75 times, so you can get through a lot faster that way. But And uh, jokes are funnier too, so it's all kinds of good stuff. Anyway, honor. Honor is a keystone there because kind of the first commandment on the second table of the law, right? We talk about the fourth commandment. Uh, honor your father and mother. I mean, we know that we honor all those in authority over us. And from that really streams all of the virtues that we live in our lives. But today we're going to talk about purity, the virtue of purity, something that maybe it's not even a vanishing virtue. Maybe that one's already disappeared in our culture, uh, the virtue of purity. Now, how many of you uh, and we're all friends here, so please be honest. All right, just be honest. Uh, how many of you before 2020 were germaphobes? Oh, yeah, good, a few. That's about, that's about average. Good. Now, after 2020, how many of you are germaphobes? Oh, yeah, look at that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, we do a lot of things now to protect our bodies. We know germs. Germs cause sickness, these contaminants. Uh, they get inside of our bodies and cause us to be ill. And being sick is not fun. Nobody wants to be sick. And so we found ways to, things that we need to do uh, to, to keep our bodies well. well. I want to contrast that phobia, if you will, that respect uh, of, of germs, to how we as Christians, how we protect and guard the pollutants of sin that contaminate our hearts and our minds, our soul. We are on a mission to pursue purity. And one of the problems that we all have, it's very common, is that we tend to stand kind of up on this end of the scale and look down at the world and say, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Man, look at all those yahoos running around the world today. All right, I am actually a pretty good person. Pretty good person. But the reality is that God's standard is, well, it's not even on the chart. It's off the charts, right? God's standard for holiness and purity is higher than we can even imagine. As a matter of fact, a, a man of God named Isaiah, a prophet of God, a righteous man, came into the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And when the creator of the universe appeared to Isaiah high and lifted up, this righteous man of God said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst the people 
of unclean lips. And when we see the standard that God has for our purity, when we see how holy He is, remember, holy, 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 that's Hebrew for the most holiest, literally, the most holiest. Uh, He is completely above our standards. And we recognize that we are a people of unclean lips. We live among a people of unclean lips. That's the reality. Now, from our first reading this morning in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul writes to us, verse 4, he says, For he, God, chose us in him, Christ, for God chose us in Him before creation, before the creation of the world, to be what? Holy and blameless in His sight. Now, before we look at this as a pretty big demand, I want you to see there's actually a lot of good news here. There's a lot of good gospel here. For He chose us. He chose us. And he makes us holy. That's what the gospel is. It's why Jesus was born. We just celebrated it at Christmas. Jesus came into this unclean world to fulfill God's law, honoring our father and mother, living perfectly pure life, and then taking on all of our impurities to the cross where they were crucified. They were buried, never to be seen or spoken of again as far as God is concerned. When he looks at us, he sees the purity of Christ. Now, we are, as God's children now, with this wonderful gift, this is the best news in the world, right? we are called to look different than the rest of the world. We're called to live differently than the rest of the world. We stand out We have different standards we strive for. We want to protect and guard our purity, just like you would have a phobia of germs or the coronavirus or whatever else, and you do everything to protect yourself from that. We have a phobia of those things that pollute and corrupt our soul, our mind, our hearts. And so we work, we strive to guard our eyes, to guard our ears, to protect ourselves Because our world is absolutely flooded with impure things. So the good news in this verse, again, is that he chose us. And he has created, we are a new creation, it says. We are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get something new, whether it's a new car or a new outfit. I'm wearing new shoes today. I mean, I'm very careful when I take them off. I'm not going to scuff them. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like step on the heel, whatever. It's new. I want to protect it. Okay, you are a new creation in Christ. What a wonderful gift he's given us. We want to strive to protect it. Now, again, that gift of God, that forgiveness, that, that purity, that holiness that we get to participate this is, this is all a gift from God. And as a response to that, we strive to protect our purity, to live to a higher standard. I just don't want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. Uh, there's, the, we're not striving to do good, to, to live pure, in order for God to love us, 
or forgive us or to get to heaven. It's, not, it's the other way, right? God chooses us. He gives it to us. And in, in response to that, we say, okay, we're going to do what God wants us to do as best we can. Now, Martin Luther talked about this conundrum that we all face, that we are forgiven children of God. We're adopted. We're, we, we live in his grace. We receive this holiness. And yet, we still live in this fallen world, people of unclean lips. We still fall into the temptations of sin. And he said that we are all simultaneously, at the same time, just, like we're saints, and sinners. At the same time, we are baptized, adopted, forgiven, believing people of God, and we are struggling with that old Adam. Right? The new has come, the old is gone, but I'll tell you something, that old man in me tries to come back. He tries to resurrect, and it's a constant daily battle. We've got to be aware of this, and of course it starts, we talked about this, in our minds. This is what the Apostle Paul said. Now, let me share something with the Apostle Peter said on the same topic, and he says, as obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in some things you do. No, it's not right? I'm sorry. Be holy in most of the things. No. In all you do. We are called to be holy in all that we do. And it's so easy to be lax. It's so easy to go with the flow. It's easy for me as a Christian. Well, I'm forgiven. It's not a big deal. I can just do this one little thing. God will forgive me. Thankfully, he does forgive us. But we need to be striving for holiness in all that we do. So I just want to talk about kind of two broad topics when we talk about purity, especially protecting our purity, our mission to be pure. And the first has to do with, of course, Physical purity, just our, our bodies, and how do we keep ourselves pure, and uh, the way God has created and designed us, and to live in relationships uh, with other people, especially people of the opposite sex. So I'm going to share with you super practical stuff. This is uh, from my own observations of a decade, over a decade now in ministry. I have counseled with couples and families, the things that I've seen that are prevalent in everybody's life. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, go to church or not. Uh, we're all human. We all have these carnal instincts. We all have the same temptations, desires, fears, insecurities uh, that lead to many, many impure things. So, uh, again, I'll just, number of topics, we'll just, we'll just bounce through them all real quick. So, first of all, uh, coworkers. Co-workers of the opposite sex. Okay. A recurring theme here is going to be boundaries. Okay, Establishing boundaries. Now, I'm going to share with you some of my boundaries. Now, I'll admit, I'm a pastor, and so I believe my boundaries have to be a little bit further out than maybe yours or, or other people. That's just 1 Timothy 3. talks about how the pastor should be above reproach. Uh, so there's just, it has to be a little bit further out, not just to, uh, to keep you from sinning, but to keep people from even thinking you might be sinning, right? So it's a little further out. But uh, one thing I'll do, 
I'm sorry, one thing I will not do is I will not ride in a vehicle with a woman, just the two of us. I just won't do that. Not that there's some kind of great temptation there, but the fact that just somebody, you, might be driving by and see the two of us in a car. What are they doing? Right? There's no point in even letting anybody have that thought. Uh, same with going out to eat. Right? Um, I'm not going to meet a woman at a, at a restaurant. Do we want to have some counseling or something? Come to the office. There's going to be somebody else in the office uh, at the same time. Um, think about these things, and, and you've got to set these things up ahead of time. Don't let yourself get caught up in a situation um, that you shouldn't be in. Another thing, this is prevalent today, social media. Okay, social media has allowed old high school flames to connect again faster than anything. I've, this was uh, back at a previous church in another state, nobody you know, uh, but I was in my 30s, uh, still a kid, you could say, naive, and I thought, this was, I couldn't believe it. There was a couple in their 70s, been married, going on, pushing almost 50 years. And one of the spouses on Facebook, connected with an old high school flame, cheated, ended up separating, divorcing, all those decades in a relationship, gone. Children, grandchildren, shocked, uh, destroyed family vacations, Christmases. I mean, it's just so much anger and hate and distrust and, ah, it's horrible. So you just don't do certain things. Don't let yourself be tempted. We're going to guard, we're going to protect our purity. We're new, we're new, we're new creations. We want to protect it. Now, how about dating? Dating. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful gift. Uh, that, that, that really exciting time when you just get to know each other and get the, again, those tingly-wingly feelings inside. It's just so happy to see each other and be with each other and hang out and you just want to talk for hours and, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up. I'm not going to hang up. You hang up first. All right, that's, that's really when it's really important at that stage, right, your, your, your relationship is kind of growing its roots at this point. Uh, you're, you're discovering each other. You're, you're beginning slowly to open up and be vulnerable to share your insecurities, share your dreams, what you want out of life. And it's so important to let that stage develop unpolluted by lusts and passions that, uh, let's just say, cloud the mind, cloud the judgment. And, uh, well, it's impure, right? And, and, and let's be clear, right? Uh, love making is not bad. It, it is good. You know, it's even fun. Jeremy, can I, where are you? Can I say that in church? Can I say it's fun? It is. It's fun. But it's a gift that God has given to couples who are committed to each other in a solemn uh, uh, institution called marriage, where they've made promises to God, they made promises to their family and friends and to each other uh, to be faithful. Uh, so it's a wonderful gift, but just it's, there's the right time and the right place, and we want to guard against those kind of things. So just some super practical tips. Some of you in the house, I know. Uh, some of you online, I know. Uh, this will be applicable because I know you're in that uh, season of life. But to guard your purity in relationships, number one, again, the boundaries. 
We're going to set boundaries, and we're going to communicate those boundaries to the other people ahead of time. Again, not wait till you get in the situation uh, where maybe you don't have as a, a clear head. But we're going to say, this is my boundary. In other words, a girl might say, hey, you see this body? You want this body? Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Right? Right? You want this? You are going to, and I'd recommend saving up your money, but uh, whatever, buy a ring, and then you're going to ask my dad to walk me down the aisle, and he'll give me away to you, and then you can enjoy this. Okay, but we're going to have, we're going to have boundaries around this. We're gonna, now listen, I know people say, well, it's my body, I can do whatever I want, or they say, yeah, well, everybody's doing it today. Yes, I know, you can, and they are, but if you want God's richest blessings, you have to follow God's standards. There's an amen in there somewhere, right? If you want God's blessings, you have to follow God's standards. It's that simple. There's not another way. All right, number one, we're going to guard uh, our, yeah, our boundaries and communicate them. The second one is super simple. Keep four on the floor. Four on the floor. Like a st- no, keep both people keep both feet on the floor. All right, Daniel? There's no, like, hopping up on the bed for prayer time. No. There's no, like, you know, wrapping your legs around each other, laying on a couch, watching a movie. No. Keep your four feet on the floor at all times. It's amazing how well that works to guard your purity because guys, guys, you know what it's like, right? You know, you're sitting there maybe in your shorts and she's wearing her shorts, watching TV, and then she just kind of drapes her leg across your lap. And your caveman looks down, ugh, mm, there's no hair on that leg. <laughs> that is one smooth leg, right? And it's over. You feel something smooth and it's over, guys. So just four on the floor, four on the floor. You're laughing at me, but this is good advice, all right? It works. (laughs) All right, Uh, boundaries. Keep four on the floor, and boy, this one couldn't be any easier. You ready for this one? Somebody write this down. Keep everything buttoned and zipped. Huh? Can I get an amen? It is amazing how easy it is to protect your purity when you keep everything buttoned and zipped. Huh? Okay. I think you all got that. Now, uh, now I'm going to talk about something that's a little uncomfortable for many people, but it is so prevalent. If a pastor doesn't address this issue, I don't know who will, and that is pornography. It's something that's more prevalent in our culture than in thousands and thousands of years. It is so readily accessible and even accidentally accessible, and even honestly, really, the commercials, the shows, the movies we watch. It's almost like soft porn. We are just bombarded with this. And again, I know, again, I'm just talking about my decade as a pastor. I know guys have said, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not cheating on my wife, right? At least it's that. Mm, mm, I don't know. Is that, is that okay? Because look at Ephesians 5.3. But among you, there must not even be a what? Hint. A hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. There must not be a hint. 
Now, guys, the, and, and there are some women, this is a problem. Mostly it's guys, though. So just, hey, guys, uh, every research survey uh, poll I've, I've been able to find says roughly the same. It's one out of two men have looked at pornography in the last month. 50%. One out of two. One out of two. So that means, let's just use a round number. Let's say there's 100 men in our worship, on campus, online, there's 100 men, you know what that means. That means there are 100 men out there that have looked at porn. <laughs> I was trying to little, take a little bit of the tension out of the room. On a hint, just, just on a hunch, that there might be someone who is struggling with this, get help, please. There is Nothing more destructive that brings in more sexual temptation into your marriage than this stuff. And it's like any addiction. You do need help. The good news is Jesus can save you. Because when the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. So please, reach out. You've got pastors I promise you can trust. You've got other friends, whatever, mentors, whoever you think you can reach out to. Uh, but you'll need somebody to hold you accountable because it is an addiction. And it's a big, big problem in our society. It is a vanishing virtue of purity. But we're going to guard and protect our purity. All right, next and maybe last, I just want to talk about spiritual purity or even emotional purity. How much outrage and vengeance hatred have you seen spewed in the public square this year? It is obscene, the amount of hatred and violence and just lack of honor, we talked about that, right, that we see. How about for ourselves? How about this? How about we don't watch as much news? Huh? How about we just turn it off every now and then? Because when I do that, when I kind of fast from the news and Twitter and all that, you know what? I can't tell a difference. Nothing changes in my life. I'm still, whatever, wake up, go to work, help kids with homework. My life just goes on. It's not like it's really affecting my day-to-day life. Yeah, we want to be informed. I know that. We want to be wise voters, all that. Okay, but let's not, let's not get so carried away uh, uh, with the importance of that when there are actually other things that we have control over, like guarding our purity, that are more important. All right, spiritual purity, uh, there are spiritual disciplines that God has given to his people, that God's people has u- have used for thousands of years with success. So why don't we use all of the tools that God has put in our toolbox? Now, some of these you know about, these spiritual disciplines like worship. You know what, obviously, you're here, you're online today. It's awesome. Uh, what, are the, what are the things that God does in worship. A lot of times we think about worship is that we're coming to church and we're going to praise God and we're going to worship God. But you know, what's more important is what God does for us when we're together with him in his house, right? That, how about that time of confession, right? Where we unload all of that impurity that we've collected during the week and, and God reminds us it's all been wiped away, it's all been taken away. We all need that reminder, right? quite frequently, obviously. Uh, the sacraments, 
right? The, the sacrament of communion, again, we're, we're in a tangible way, get to be reminded of that amazing grace that he gives to us, that Christ is in us, a new creation, holy, pure, blameless in his sight. And celebration, that's even a spiritual discipline. We don't have to be so sad and mad all the time. Even in the middle of a pandemic and wars and whatever, we still have an amazing amount of things to be thankful for. We have life. We have loved ones, family and friends. We've got love from God, love we share with each other. Wonderful things to celebrate. Oh, yeah. And then there's heaven, right? That's going to be pretty cool uh, after all this is over. So many wonderful things to celebrate. Worship. All right, God's Word. What do I say? I say, if you're not in the habit yet, start with five minutes a day. Five minutes a day in God's Word is so, again, it's never been more available. That Bible app on my phone is always with me. I can pull that thing out, read the verse for the day. I can read a chapter of the day. It, it's, it's an incredible tool, so, so easy to use. But studying the Word, it's God's Word. He teaches us. He feeds us. Um, and then meditating, meditating on that word, even listening for God to speak to us through that word. Another discipline, prayer. Again, thousands of years this has been effective uh, for people uh, staying on track, protecting their purity. Speaking to God, that's all prayer is. And you can, you can make a very a holy moment, a quiet time, a quiet space in your house. And you, and you can do it when you're driving down the road. It's, 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 it's an amazing gift to be able to speak to God, again, openly and freely. Silence. Silence is a spiritual discipline. Again, been used for thousands of years, something we've maybe lost track of. I would encourage you to try this out if you haven't. Now, you're going to be super uncomfortable the first time you do it because we live in a very noisy, chaotic world. And it's going to be like, what is going on? What am I supposed to think about here? My mind, your mind's going to race all over the place. That's okay. Again, maybe just five minutes, maybe two minutes. Five might be too long. Just try two minutes a day, two minutes a day, make it a part of your devotion. And just listen for God. Think about the wonderful things that God has done. What do you need to do today to serve God? Okay, here's a, here's a big one. And this has a lot to do with protecting our purity. That's the spiritual discipline of fasting. Another one maybe we've lost track of, but again, for thousands of years, many people have found it very beneficial uh, for following God. What do you do when you fast? You tell your body what's up. Your body, it's carnal cravings, it's urges, I'm hungry, you have to feed me, and you say, no, not this lunch. Or however you want to do it. Maybe you want to fast for lunch for a week or something. You say, no, we are going to pray. We're going to read the Bible. And you are disciplining your body. You are strengthening your willpower to ultimately protect your purity. To not be controlled by your body, but to con you control your body, its urges and desires. Fasting, it's so great. And again, we don't do any of these things. To, to be saved, like, like we have to do this to get No, it's, it's not a requirement to get to heaven. No, these are tools that God's given us that we can use to grow in our faith and to protect our purity in today's case. And then the last spiritual discipline, again, very much lost in the Western world, is rest. The, the Hebrew word there is Sabbath. 
right? We take a Sabbath rest. Uh, we all need to rest, <clears throat> whether it's one hour a day, one day a week. I would say take a whole week uh, every quarter, um, or at least, you know, big summer vacation, unplug, get away. And it doesn't just mean necessarily, it could be just relaxing in a hammock, that could be it. But it's also just doing the things you enjoy. What are your hobbies? What do you, do you like to be outside? Do you like just enjoy God's creation and just be mindful of God's creation, everything God has done in your life? Just be thankful that celebrating is a part of that, right? So Sabbath is kind of this big, big picture of a, a, a spiritual discipline. All of these things will help us protect our purity. So let's look at the last two verses in our Ephesians reading today. And you also were included in Christ. We are in Christ. He is in us. When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. You are saved. You're God's children. You're his. Don't have to worry about that. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Now, what is this seal? The Holy Spirit. Holy, pure spirit. Remember, God is way up here, high and lifted up. But Jesus has come all the way down to earth to be with us, and he has left us his Holy Spirit. Holy, 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 living within us. And that is a seal, it's a guarantee of our inheritance right when he comes back until the redemption of those who are God's possession. And again, praise the Lord. That's what he's saying, to the praise of his glory. Friends, this is a, a lifelong battle. Simul justus et peccata. We're saints and sinners as long as we're breathing air. This is a lifelong battle. But we don't give up, even though we're never going to reach perfection, right? But we, we come together, we encourage each other, we pray for each other, we work on these spiritual disciplines, we set these boundaries, four on the floor, four on the floor, um, Four on the floor, okay. Four on the floor, I got everybody, okay. Um, so that we can reclaim this vanishing virtue of purity. Amen? Yeah, amen. Let me pray with you, and we'll have a blessing. And Yeah, go ahead and stand up, stretch your legs. Heavenly Father, you are holy holy, holy, and we are so grateful that you have renewed us and, and, and given us your Holy Spirit uh, to make us your children and to take away our sins, and we pray for your Spirit's strength as we face each and every day all of the temptations of this world, all of the temptations that our own flesh stirs up within us uh, as we are just mindful, right? We're just mindful, Lord, uh, that you've called us uh, to be pure, to be holy in all that we do. And uh, we just pray you, uh, of course, for forgiveness. We pray for strength uh, moving forward. And as we live holy lives, uh, we pray that that will influence uh, our families, that will influence our community, our culture, our society, our nation, our world, um, just as you designed it to work. So we pray for this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.